and welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com. And I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Reel. We are looking at John Favreau's 2008 film, Iron Man. And joining us this week, we have Kathy Campbell from Friends in Your Ears. Hey, Kathy. Hi, Andy and Pete. We are so, so happy to Hi, have Kathy. you. <laughs> Yay. We've only been planning this for like 63 episodes. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not holding it against you that I'm in oh, minute ow. 81. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a good group of minutes. It is a really good group of minutes. As I was watching these, I was just like, yes. So it's good. It's all good. Dog fights, all sorts of good stuff this week. Yeah. Yeah. We are looking today at Iron Man Minute 81. On today's show, the minute starts with Major Allen telling Colonel Rose from Weapons Development that they have nothing. And it ends with Rhodey asking Tony if he's sure he doesn't have any tech in the area. We are starting... Uh, we, we we started this scene in the last minute. This is at Edwards Air Force Base. They've asked uh, Colonel Rhodes from Weapons Development to come down and see if he has anything in the area. And nobody knows what this mysterious thing in the air is. This is kind of a, yeah, this is a fun little scene. I, I like the way that this all plays out because we know Tony as Iron Man just kind of destroyed all the bad guys. But the good guys don't know who he is. And uh so this is this yeah, is kind and of a, yeah. There's lots of really good sciencey military talk. You know, you have AWAC and Global Hawk and radar and cross section, and it's like <laughs> it's very much like we're the military. We're gonna and we're very you know intensely watching this area because there's a bogey and we don't know what it is, but it might not be a bogey. But we're just gonna whoa, yeah. It was very, it's very entertaining, especially, so I haven't watched the full film in a while, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So that was kind of <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is, yeah, the whole reveal to, to the Air Force is so delightful, and Major Allen is mad. Boy, is uh, yeah. He seems like such a nice, sort of a gentle, gentle giant of a military man, but he gets mad, and he says things like, kingdom come. Yeah, which is, if you're watching a military movie and someone doesn't say Kingdom Come, then you know it's not yeah. a big, Well, it's not a military, military movie. Who movie. are we kidding? Yeah. Then it's probably, yeah, it probably has a dance break. Uh, I also have some thoughts on the fact that Iron Man's phone in his Iron Man suit has just a default ring. Like <laughs> he hasn't programmed. He's been busy. He's right. been busy dealing with terrorists. He hasn't had time have to program. Jarvis it. hop in and fix it. Like, <laughs> right. or what? Uh, yeah, especially since Rhodes has a custom ringtone for Tony oh, yeah. Stark. Like, yeah. and we'll, and it says. We'll get yeah, but we'll, we'll get, get that. That's not here. That yeah, a couple of minutes. <laughs> the but yes, no, you're right. It's, why doesn't he have a better ringtone? Yeah. He could have uh, downloaded one of thousands. Well, 2008. Let's see. I'm sure there were there, oh, was there still were a good plenty. variety of ringtones. There were in plenty. Like he easily could have had, you know, from a porno or Wonderwall <laughs> or <laughs> Wonderwall. I mean, there's so many different things he could have chosen well, other than the default. Now, let me ask, let me ask this question. I don't know, was was the ring that's in here, was it reminiscent of any other, like, 
heavy branded cell phone manufacturer default ringtone at the time. Well, we've seen a lot of Verizon LG products in here, so I'm wondering if it was... uh... Maybe this was the default Verizon ring, right? right? Maybe this was a sponsored ringtone. The worst (laughs) sponsored ringtone in cinematic history. (laughs) Because nobody knows what it is. Because at least if it's a Nokia, you know what it is. But yeah, nobody nobody has any clue. But I bet I could just imagine the meeting with the Verizon executives and they're like we need this ringtone because as soon as it plays you're gonna know exactly what it's playing on that is exactly right that's it give us a number give us a number disney marvel give us a number we'll pay it this is like a five million dollar ringtone right Mm -hmm. i'd love to be the man who came up with that ringtone yes there it is it's an iron man we found it Daddy, Daddy, Wonder- is that your ringtone? <laughs> That's what the Wonderwall guys are. Damn it, we were so close. Uh, and then, since we're talking about the phone, um, yeah. this, mm-hmm. the, this, this was a full paragraph of my notes um, about this particular section. Uh, but how does he answer? There's no verbal, you know, okay, dingus answer or anything Jarvis doesn't come in or... Well, what Tony... So the way that they described this HUD, and this is me getting nerdy now, is they... Yes, please. The the HUD, the, the heads-up display that he's always looking at, they've talked about it how... Because he can't push buttons in within the HUD. It's just all this visual information in front of him. But it, it recognizes his retina and what it's looking at. And if he looks at something long enough, it, supposedly that will kind of trigger it to open. And so I'm assuming if it rings and he just looks at the caller information and stares at the call button just for you know that extra second, yeah. that will answer it for him. Okay, that makes more sense. But once again, why why do they should have taken and of course I am not the movie maker. I don't make movies. The closest thing to making movies I do is recording my daughter's dance recitals. Uh, <laughs> and then overlay you, amazing visual effects on top of it. But go well, ahead. of course. I yeah. mean that's that's a, <laughs> Natch. Sh- don't give away my secret speech. Right. <laughs> uh, but what it, it, it would have been really cool to have Rhodes' face pop up as he's flying through the clouds or wherever it was that he is flying at that moment to Ah, have. But he does, Kathy. He he will. But not at this first part. Right. Right. Well, that was the because very we don't first see answer. It. We don't see it. Well, yeah. He well, answers and we're not looking. But, uh, but what's so beautiful right. about this moment is that his face pops up and he's actually looking at Rhodes' face at the, right about second 30, and he actually pulls a new phone who dis moment. Yeah. Like, that is so Tony Stark. I love That's it. That's very true. Yeah. It's very funny. It's like when you have that caller ID, and, and but you're like, oh, I don't want to acknowledge that I know who they are. I'm just going to pretend I'm not <laughs> I mean, sure. I don't, I don't do this, but I'm sure others do. Very no, casual. I've never done that, no. <laughs> it's, it's a cool, it, it is a cool like answering system that he has here. And of course, we're, I mean, looking at his heads up display, it has tons of information, but it does make me uh, slightly wish for the, I can't remember who we were talking, one of our previous guests, we were talking about the heads up display and how, how the whole eye thing worked. And and we decided yeah. that it actually would have been more visually interesting if he had to blink at things. And so it was always like left blink, Ooh. right blink. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be funny <laughs> if we cut to Tony's face and he's like doing all these blinks to answer his 
phone and well and that gets down to a fundamental problem that i have with the eye gaze <laughs> interface in a uh-huh. military suit like how efficient <laughs> is it when seconds really count and people are firing weapons at you to have to stare at like the fire button for that extra second so that it'll finally fire in the heads-up display like yeah. those kinds of things make me a little bit crazy uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah everything else is really sexy but you know I, I go back to like one of the great moments we had in a previous minute was when he twitches his fingers. And that's yes. that's one I kind of hang my hat on. Like those those motion control things are really cool. It was like Chisholm Bob. Right. Maybe he's got little programming things in his hands. And when he yeah. wiggles a certain finger, it's doing certain actions. Exactly. Finger dancing. Yes. Yep. Finger, finger dancing. dancing. <gasps> that's what he's doing. Oh, it's so the magicians. Yes. That's what yes. he's really doing. All right. The so I I thought that this was interesting. This is a kind of a a note that I I don't think it it's not uh, really prevalent unless you read the credits because a lot of our guys here are, are credited just as CAOC analysts and the CAOC is the uh, it's the center or it's the combined Air and Space Operations Center, but technically CAOCs are only for multinational headquarters when it's kind of, uh, you know, NATO and kind of they're all this joint force group of different countries working together. So it's odd that all of the guys are credited as CAOC analysts because it seems purely Air Force. And so it should just be AOC, which is just the Air and Space Operations Mm. Center. And if it was joint, if they did have Navy or Marines in here, then it would be the JAOC, the Joint Air and Space Operations Center. Really nerdy military talk, but uh, I just needed to, to clear that up. I am here for it. <laughs> this, if we're not doing this in a minute by minute podcast, who is going to know about it? This has become a significant <laughs> challenge to my viewing of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not CAOC analysts. Come on, guys. Get it right. Uh, But yeah, we do have all sorts of great words getting thrown around. The AWAC, that's the Airborne Early Warning and Control System, which is that's that funky little plane that's got like a little, I don't know, big square radar dish on top that's flying really high. And so that's that's what they uh, they're using. And then the Global Hawk, which is also an unmanned surveillance aircraft. So those are the two things that are pulling up all of the little radar information that we start to see here throughout this throughout this bit. I, I watched really? that and I and there's part of me that really wants Tony to have like a little dish on his head. <laughs> like I feel like if he if this is going to be a, an engagement of equivalence, he needs to have an AWAC dish on the back of his head. Uh, but only if it's attached to one of those rainbow hats that kind of has the spinner <laughs> helicopter thing that you wear as a toy. Yeah. So I think that, noted. that's noted. Yes. Yeah, that's but it has to be like an inspector gadget where it like pops yeah. up. And then right. it'll fold back in when he doesn't need it. <laughs> All right. So it pops up, it shoots up kind of like uh, a tulip, and then it right. opens and the, the the fabric of the rainbow just like flops on top <laughs> of the head. I, I'm I'm so, yes. Yes. 100%. This they is need to make this uh, Iron Man toy. I'm sure it would be popular yeah. with all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's just popular with us. But yeah, that's right. Okay. Hey, there's an audience, guys. I'll Come buy on. three. Right. <laughs> so we have actors in this scene. This is something that I always find interesting when we're looking at military scenes in films where the military is like very cooperative and working with them and everything. They will often um, have their real military people in the scene doing the stuff that they do because it looks so authentic. Obviously, you have actors in here who are throwing out the lines and everything, but you do have, uh, like, sometimes you'll just cut to random faces who just happen to be sitting there looking, doing things. 
And I always find it interesting because I'm like, well, that's probably a real military person. The one who really stood out to me is at about second 14, because he's got his name tag on, he's very easy to identify. I'm assuming <laughs> it's his real name tag, but it could be wrong. I could be wrong. It is, of course, uh, the mysterious David Owens. He it looks like he's got a NATO, actually. So speaking of the CAOCs, a NATO Air Force pilot name tag patch on his uniform. And then it's really hard to identify, but his shoulder patch says it's space radar and it has like a bat symbol on it. And I couldn't help but feeling like, is this like some weird like in joke that the production design team had like throwing on like a bat symbol because it it is reminiscent of Batman is kind of an odd <laughs> choice for a shoulder patch in a Marvel movie. <laughs> Wait, Did where is this? Where is if... this? What, yeah, second, you... second 14, you see the guy, he's there, he's like looking, and then he kind of bends down to talk to the guy working at the computer. He's got oh. David Owens, his oh. name patch. Right? He's got he's got a patch on the front of his shirt uh, that has his name, and then the other yeah, one is like a normal shield, wings. and it's it's like U.S. Sente or something. I think all of these are faux costume patches. Yeah. I was trying to find, like, I, I looked through far too many Air Force uh, patches, and I couldn't <laughs> find any of these. So I think that these are just things that, like, uh, costume companies, like Western Costume, mm -hmm. probably makes to put on, you know, fake military uniforms in movies. But the one on his shoulder, and it's really hard to see on it's, this clip. It's actually like the bat has an insignia on its chest, too. It's like It this, does. The <laughs> Because it says space radar, and so the, the bulk of the patch is a bat, but then yeah. it's got like a radar thing in the center of it. I love that ah. so much. Yeah. It's much easier to see like in high def. I had to go look at it on the TV so I could actually figure out what I was looking at. That's wow. very fun. So there's the bat signal, the bat signal in the, in the Iron Man movie. It was David Owens all along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and so I have some history of being an extra in Portland. And okay. so I know I'll, I'll get the call outs for, you know, we need a Hispanic male from ages 30 to 45 with experience juggling machetes. As, or as you do. So, <laughs> right. Very, very specific call outs. And so it is not beyond understanding and belief that they are like, hey, any military people available on this day to come and sit and do your thing and we'll, you know, hire you to come and you get minimum wage and food and a uniform just come as yourself type of a thing mm -hmm. is completely believable. And it's fun. Yes. That's like, definitely don't do it for the money uh, <laughs> as an extra. But man, is it a joy. It's so much fun. I love I love all of this back end stuff. Oh, I love I love it. Yeah. Just give it all to me. And being an extra is is great because you don't have the other stresses that you have when you're on the crew of the production. You're running around crazily trying to get stuff done or even like the principal cast, you know, the, the extras. You're just kind of there and you're just filler. And yeah. So. Yeah. You have very strict instructions on what to do and what not to do. And there's no stress. You just get to watch the chaos, but not have any obligation to be a part of the stress and chaos, which is kind of nice. The um, As we're looking at Rhodes, as he's on the phone with Tony, we get to see one, he's got a really nice watch. 
I was like, man, that's a really fancy watch that old Rhodes has got. And it made me wonder if it's a gift from Tony, because in one of the earlier deleted scenes, we see that uh, that Obadiah gives Tony a ridiculously expensive watch. That is, I can't remember what the cost of it was, but it was in the tens of thousands of dollars to, to get the watch. And so I'm like, oh, maybe that's a gift of Tony of all these watches that he gets as gifts. And he's like, here, just take this one. I don't, I don't use it. I've got <laughs> I wish I was more, more of a watch person. Like, I can't tell what, could you figure out what it is? You know, that's not something that I, I uh, looked at as closely on the HD and I, I couldn't quite figure out. Yeah. You never get quite close enough to really pinpoint what it is. And I'm not a watch person either. So I can't just look at it and go, oh, that's a such and such. Yeah. But we mm. do see that he has his MIT ring on his finger. So we know that uh, that he and Tony both went to MIT and perhaps that's at least in the film world where they met. Yeah. Yeah. I'd believe that. Oh, uh, get a load of this. Oh, he found something. Uh, it is the it's a Breitling uh, 50th anniversary green news Breitling wristwatch worn by Rhodey. Uh, it's it's a Breitling 50th anniversary faux. It, it's a faux Breitling band wristwatch. So this isn't a, a fancy, fancy one. And it just I, I found it on uh, live auctioneers that it just <laughs> sold that. for like four hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, is it faux because it was for the movie or faux because he bought it himself? <laughs> that, <laughs> he bought it when he was overseas question. on the black market. Right, 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 and that's that's the technical description. It just says faux Breitling brand wristwatch made from metal with minute and second hand. Thankfully, they included the minute and second hand. <laughs> Thank goodness, uh, I'm so and, glad. <laughs> and opening back for battery replacement items. This is the best. Items functionality is untested. So I hope Rhodes was not trying to actually keep time during the production of this film. So. I, I'm pretty sure then that it's meant to be the real one uh, and it just happens to be a terrible or not terrible, but just yeah. a copy for yeah. filming. Yeah, right, right, right. It's got all the fancy details. It's, uh, it, there's, I can look at it up close, but the this is one where the, the minute hand is not, it's covering what looks to be a logo. It's like M something four. So there's huh. challenges here seeing the detail, but it's, that's the watch, four hundred bucks. Huh. Well, it looks like a, a a real one costs around four thousand dollars. So mm, better, <laughs> better. That's <laughs> that more in line better. with what I'm looking for. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even then, I don't know. Well, that would be why, uh, if it was a gift from Tony, why it would be a gift because it's only four thousand dollars. Like that's his cheap. I'm gonna go jogging in the park watch. Right. He's probably got fifty of them in a closet somewhere that he yeah. hands out, you know, yeah. at his discretion. It's <laughs> uh, his Christmas present. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. Good old Tony. So I have a question for you. So so we have our our wonderful Major Allen, who, as you said, Pete, he's obviously a, a very angry major here. So uh, he and uh, and Rhodey kind of talk and everything. And then uh, Rhodey says to Tony, when Tony calls, he says, you know, there's a weapons depot a few clicks from where you're being held captive uh, that just, you know, they just talk about how it just got hit and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I mean, obviously, this is uh, Golmira. We've been learning about that for the last few minutes. But it's it was interesting because obviously these guys 
like now have it under surveillance. So what do you guys think? Do you think that they is this an area they had been watching before? They just didn't know, like when Tony was being held captive, that he happened to be kind of held in this same area? Or do you think that by finding Tony, they were kind of turned on to this area and now they're kind of keeping an eye on it? Or does that even matter? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, what really matters in the long scheme of things? Uh, But I feel like they're just watching it now that they did find Tony, because if they had been watching it beforehand, they would have found Tony a lot sooner, I think. I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. But I wonder if they, you know, even if they were watching it, would they have known that it was Tony that was there? He was in a cave. It would have been hard to know that he was... Right there if he was that hidden. But if they're having that much surveillance, they probably would have noticed like people coming in hooded and tied down or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. There is this, this, it it just makes that line cheeky, right? You know, there's a weapons depot a few clicks from where you were held captive while we were watching you being held captive. (laughs) Like that, that that suddenly doesn't play. (laughs) No. We just wanted you to be tortured a little bit longer. <laughs> we needed you to feel the full weight of your impact right. on this military <laughs> investment that we're making here. So I don't think, actually, I, I guess I'm I'm saying I don't think that they were watching this weapons depot until after. Well, and then here's the, here's my other question is, I mean, it's clear, obviously, the press has shown pictures to Tony that Stark weapons are being used by these people. And these are new ones, not the ones yeah. that, that were in the old wooden crates yeah. from the, the, you know, Russian-Afghanistan war era. This is like much newer stuff. I I don't know how it works, but I mean, if the military sees photos like this of Stark weapons in the hands of, of terrorists, I mean, do they go talk to the people at Stark Industries to try to like trace it and figure out how did they get into their hands? Of the pictures or the weapons? The weapons. The weapons. Like, how, yeah, how did the weapons get into these guys' hands? I don't know. And let me just ask this. I've thought about this before. When you have seen like real legit footage uh like in in our modern media not in the movie do you ever remember seeing like boxes like pelican cases with like boeing written on the side of it yeah not really brand name right <laughs> yeah do we have brand named weapons right now i i, I legitimately don't know and and it, that's yeah. why what makes this feel out of context well, yeah, I mean, it, obviously, uh, it's created for the world we're very specifically looking at here. But that's a good yeah. question, because I guess I, I mean, yeah, I never really think about that when I see pictures of terrorists with weapons and stuff. I don't go, oh, those weapons manufacturers, they must be you know, dealing under the table. Right. A lot of weapons tend to be identifiable even without branding on it. Uh, yeah. However, for the normal viewer... They need that Stark Industries logo slapped on the side to recognize and acknowledge the fact that, oh, hey, this is important. Right. Yeah. Uh, And this is something that we know and need. Um, And so I don't think in in real world they have actual like brand names on things. They barely have like serial numbers and whatnot. And so they're very small. Yeah. 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 It it it's a cinematic viewing yeah, right. addition in. I I'm looking at pictures of the Boeing Harpoon Block One C missile 
during the Rim of the Pacific Exercise 2016, and it's a missile in action. It's not like a prop missile for a, a release, and it's being fired off of the deck of the ship. And there, there, it, it's weirdly it says Stark Industries on it. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't actually say. It doesn't actually say anything. Uh, uh, there's very very fine print uh, on the side of it. But uh, to your point, Kathy, like there is no other missile that looks like this. Once you have seen. Yeah. The Harpoon Block 1C missile, you know that, you know, you, it's, it's a Boeing product. And yeah. the, it makes, it, it's, this is, it, it says, it's the over-the-horizon missile. So that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> comforting. Very comforting. Yeah, right. It's a, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I guess in my head, I, I, I tend to think that, and this is probably wrong, but I tend to think that the companies are just doing their job making stuff. And there are all these, uh, you know, I always go back to, uh, was it Lords of War or Lords of, is that the Nicolas Cage movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I, I go back to people like him who basically get these things somehow and then just there's this whole right. black market of these things. I, I I we never intended for of... it to be used for this. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think that they're usually yeah. trying to get their... Uh... That was a great movie, Lord of War. That was It great. was a good movie, yeah. I don't think I have anything else for this minute. What about you guys? That's it. Let's see, Let's see what Rhodes does next. <laughs> uh, I, did, I did like the very quintessential Tony, oh yeah, I'm just driving with the top down. Part that, that was very like oh we're cool it's all good we're chilling right yeah it was very very entertaining <laughs> you know i will say just uh, just a last note it's funny that uh lines like that driving with the top down um ramin jawadi pulled lines like that to name tracks on the soundtrack and and there is the track that's right here called driving with a top down. But what I find is that the filmmakers use uh, pieces of these tracks, uh, like they chop them up and use them all over the place. Like this track we've heard before when Tony is um, racing down the road uh, toward the beginning of the movie. And it's uh, when he actually is driving with the top down, uh, <laughs> driving to the airport. And so it's it's something that I the filmmakers do all the time. But it's uh, it's interesting when you finally get to that line where it actually, oh, now it's all contextualized because this is where he says it. Nice. Yeah. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I was excited to be here. Yeah, it's a thrill to or talk to you. I guess I Iron still Man. am since yeah. I still am here. But yeah. Oh, we've got more. I was yeah. excited. Not anymore. <laughs> Not the, Yeah. <laughs> well, do you want to uh, tell everybody where they can find you out there on the interwebs? Yeah, you can find me. My uh, username is usually Mrs. Soup all over the place. Uh, but you can also find me at KathyCampbell.com, which has links out to everything that I do. All sorts of good stuff out there. Yes. Well, everybody, uh, that's it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at MarvelMovieMinute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at thenextreel.com slash Patreon. Until next time, true believers, 